0: I reckon let's wrap up Wolf with a bit of speculation. Oh so we we've had our eye and we've sorta of spoken at times about Perseus. Now they obviously had their growth story lined up in Sudan. Seventy-five Ks from the border of here, mate. Come Seventy-five on. K's. But still still in Sudan. That's really hit the skids lately with the, the unfortunate civil war that we've seen in the country there.
1: Why is now maybe a different period of time to before? It's because they have lost the growth project, WAF still has a growth project, and on a relative trading basis, Perseus is actually more fully valued for the cash flow that they're actually putting out there.
2: G'day Money Miners, today is, ah JD, you got me again, 29th of Thursday. June. Thursday. Thursday. Well, apologies for my absence yesterday, boys. It's <laughs> this, okay, mate. This BD world is bloody hard. I just want the Money Miners to know, I'm, I just had a couple of events in close proximity, I've got my drinking under control. Um, not a problem. It's not a problem. It's all good. But, hey, you boys heading out for a bit of BD tonight. Anonymous location. Anonymous mm.
0: indeed. Pretty good though.
2: Matty, you got a, you got a nice hat going on there. What's hey, a- check it out. The new Hootaroo hats. Oh, we've only I got, like it. We've, hey, we've, Trav has done a bit of a custom order, but, hey, if supply and demand. Merch me, coming soon. If you want. It's uh, if a thousand people of you want them at fifty bucks a pop we'll make them.
1: Well, I bought the three, um, but I only need two because clearly JD doesn't like his. He's ah. not. He's not wearing it. Mate, so. I've lost it. it. I've lost it. Oh, I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> hootaroo. You're the one that says hootaroo, and here and here I am making a <laughs> bloody hat, and you you're just. Mate, I love it uh, you, and I appreciate you, you, it. You dogged me. We're getting our own hoodies
2: too for <laughs> diggers and dealers. So, wait, a bit of merch, maybe merch is bloody hard work.
1: The hoodies amongst the suits, mate. I'm keen.
2: Anyway, let's boys, let's get into it today. So. Are you going to blow yourselves out tonight and um, turn up tomorrow or well, you'll probably still be here tomorrow?
1: You're only blowing myself out I'm going to do, mate. He's probably run out of breath while talking on this show again today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not like you, Travi. Righto. Uh, today, boys are doing a bit of a deep dive in the, uh, into WAF they, for their funding announcement for Kiaka. And there's also some significant news out for the – Proposed July 1st heritage laws we're going to go into and also a bit of other news out of uh, WA1, ding, 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 Travis Ricciardo, uh, panoramic resources and also a bit of possible, would you say, Trav, bit of speculation about the Phoenix, Mount Gibson, Gerald and Port news? Oh, what oh, is it, speculation? Oh, I
1: think I got it wrong at the start, so not, not really speculation anymore, but there's a little bit, there's an angle there that might be curious.
2: Possible we're just making up our own word on the decline these days. Right, let's... Get into it, boys. Now, okay, doing a bit of a July 1st thing. It's just a summary, but there was some significant news out about it yesterday. So WA... You've been
1: talking to us about this for ages, Matt.
2: Yeah, and we we haven't... We're going to try to do a deep dive. We're actually trying to get a hold of some people from the um, TO side and the company side, and we just... We haven't delivered, sorry. I was... um, Give a bit of...
0: A bit of context. Some people might think, what What on earth what are, we are we talking about? What are we talking about?
2: July 1st yep. heritage laws. Okay. So what was going to happen? So essentially yesterday, WA Premier Roger Cook announced that the new heritage laws that were proposed for 1st of July have been, which was two days from now, are now going to be essentially delayed by a year. Smoothed out, delayed. And I'll go over what they were and where they've come about. So it all come about after the Rio Tinto blew up that Jukan Gorge in 2020. And then from that, that was just a, and we'll go into why the fact that it was even, it was approved. Um, From that, that really triggered a change in the heritage laws that were going to be implemented on 1st of July. So previously, the industry had a lever, you would say, called a Section 18, which would allow a mining company to apply to the government to use land for. Mining purposes that would result in the well, in the law it says the alteration, damage, removal, destruction, or concealment of any Aboriginal sites on the land. So if you go by those laws, Rio Tinto actually were given approval in December twenty thirteen via a Section eighteen to blow up that Jucheng gorge, and they'll given ministerial consent by that. That was the then Premier uh, Peter Collier. WA Liberal government. So from based think, on what Rio Tinto
0: did, they... Yeah, I think he was the the minister at the time, not the premier, but... The minister, the, sorry. The, the relevant minister in the space. Yeah. So essentially yeah. the acts of, even though it
2: was approved, the act that Rio Tinto did blowing up that Dukane Gorge, which was a 40,000-year-old site, them and the government, they've th- thrown today's mining industry under the bus a bit because... Very poor respect for traditional owners and heritage. So overall, the big issue is that even if the traditional owners were consulted and they didn't agree to have like for this to happen or another similar event to happen, there was this lever called the Section Eighteen that companies could just go through and get the ministers to approve it anyway. So the the power was on the company side. Now the these proposed laws. Coming in July first, we're going to change that. So the Section eighteen was no longer a lever. There was going to be much bigger requirements for heritage surveys, better engagement with traditional owners and the heritage organisations, and but there was going to be a lot of administration on the heritage side.
0: Now, on both parts of the the traditional owners as well as mining companies and farming companies. Yeah, it was, it was quite a lot of parties involved, and the and, yeah it wasn't quite clear that there was the the infrastructure in place
1: yet yeah
2: yeah, so the big yeah. thing was going to be all these all these mining companies are going to have to put in all these new heritage surveys and but there wasn't the admin side to get them through, so essentially a lot of mining and exploration would be stopped until everything got up to speed so they announced yesterday that they've i guess saw the risk in that and they're going to the exact uh, the quote was from the mining news article was uh Premier Roger Cook has announced that the government will take an education-first approach to compliance for the first 12 months with less onerous survey requirements. So they'll essentially start enforcing the new Act from July first, 2024. So, um, yeah. It's quite
0: significant. Yeah, there was, you know, a lot of exploration companies and other people sort of up in arms about how they actually go about this. So we'll, yeah. have, to, we'll have to stay tuned. See how that sort of plays out. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. And, it comes, and it comes from the, act, the that, that act by Rio Tinto blowing up Dukin Gorge. The flow on effect from that to the rest of the industry today is the big issue.
1: Yeah. I, so. I, from what I could, was reading towards the tail end as well, I think there was a bit of, um, a bit yeah, quite a few TO groups who were sort of indicating that they weren't going to have the capacity to respond to a lot of the heritage the, you know, the huge um, amount of heritage surveys that would come in in response to it to comply. So I wonder if this is just a case of like kicking the can down the road 12 months and there'll be another problem and we're not prepared yeah. for it again or, or, or what happens now.
2: Yeah, exactly. We'll have to wait till then. So, right, WA1, guys. What's the, where's the John
1: Laws, ding, 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 ding. trav, Ricky Ding, ding, ding. I mean, yeah, WA1, I've got to disclose now. I bought some shares. Um, Myself too. I couldn't. JD, already had. A chance. Oh yeah, you. We've, we've done that early. before, but I couldn't. I couldn't sit there while JD, um, JD was bloody happy and I, I get wasn't rich as. As. <laughs> There's nothing worse than watching your friends get rich, you know, and you're not. So <laughs> nothing worse. Quite uh, exciting.
0: Quite exciting results though, and in line with the the discussion with Bogan Geologist and oh, Yep, Manuel Datt that. It had on the show three three weeks ago. Oh, I met Maddie Dad over in Melbourne. Did you? Did yeah, you?
2: yeah, had a beer with him. Oh, oh nice absolute one. gentleman of a bloke. Did you call him bloke. Daddy? Daddy. <laughs> no, I got the T in there this time, oh. Daddy. Great bloke. Absolute gentleman of a bloke.
0: Oh, good on oh, you, mate. And yeah. of course, both those guys are along the stock. So yeah. they, you know, had their, their interests facing upward for that one. But it looks like it's been a pretty good announcement again today.
1: Yeah, mate. Um, a few more. Assay results are back and Looney looks to be growing there. The assays extend it, you know, 400 meters in multiple different directions here. Uh, and Im- importantly, in one particular area where it looked like the niobium deposit may have closed off because the, the grade wasn't in this hole 34 in that, in that direction out to the east, um, there's actually, yeah, now niobium grade passed beyond that to the east. And um, so I think that just goes to show that there can be a little bit of alpha when you're listening to Money Mine Podcast, mate, because Bogan geologist talked about just this. I can play a snippet for the Money Miners now. Do it. For instance, there is a, a hole uh, that was released, uh, not, not a very important hole to most people, but hole 34 that was released in this uh, last announcement. And if you notice, the oxidation profile actually comes all the way up to the surface. So there's a good chance that this deposit might actually extend How does does that work, Bogan? I'm not a bloody geo, but from my memory, hole 34 sort of come up from a niobium oxide um, perspective. But you're saying that the deposit could extend further out that way. How does that work? The regolith, so the transitional zone material and the fresh material comes too close to surface there. So it's a case of it being too shallow to actually host that oxidation profile. What we're primarily looking at here is having that oxide blanket extend and be in that, as I just said before, that uh, Goldilocks zone. Big Bogan. All over it, the man with the crystal ball. <laughs> he, he called it, mate. He called it. Uh, and, you know, it's an interesting thing because that very point was something that a fundy I was talking to about the stock hadn't actually picked up on himself. So the Twitter, the Twitter pseudonyms, mate, they're, um, they're all over it and can provide the money miners alpha.
0: And the, the team at WA1, they put a great cross-section in which sort of demonstrates this... That, doesn't they? So you can see it sort of extending, and then a sort of getting thinner with that with that hole where you couldn't quite get the niobian hits, mm. and on the other side continuing again. So that's there, obviously, quite an early stage interpretation. Yeah, but we'll see where it goes from here.
1: Yeah, this and this announcement follows. Um George Ross, he, George Ross uh, the analyst, he initiated on the stock this week and he also put out a note on the niobium market as well. He calls it the super metal. Uh, love it's that. Very,
2: what, what's old George at Argonaut called? It's like a $10, $11 price target? I think it's $10. Bucks. I think it's touch bucks. over $10,
1: bucks. Yep. yeah. Super yep. metal reminds me of like the um, marketing for superfoods, <laughs> 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 the <osai> berries. <laughs> so hopefully niobium can be the asahi um, berry for me, mate. Uh, one last thing, I quite like the modest approach that, uh, the the management here has to the marketing, um, and especially in the way, you know, they look at just look at the title of this ASX release. They title it West Aronta Project Looney Assay Results. There's nothing promotional about that one, Maddie. Um, and we see look this, at Trav really finding yeah. the good in companies these days. Oh, oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, I Is love it. Is that because you're a shout Trav? Uh, of course. Yes. <laughs> I, ding, 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 mate. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, they're not promoting themselves, so I got to do it right. So. Um, <laughs> um, And we do like we see that kind of modesty in all of their ASX announcements. It's a pretty vastly different approach to what you see in other corners of the market right now, especially in that junior and Maddie. And to me, it comes across as though management they're extremely cognizant that this is a high risk security. Even go back to their discovery announcement in October last year. Do a control F for significant discovery. It's not there. Um, So you know, and they, I think, what management know, management know that it all hinges on Met. Right. Um and they aren't I think they're a bit averse to playing it up until they have a bit more clarity there. Um, you know, for example, Linus is sitting on the second highest grade Niobium deposit per a chart from the W eight one announcement, but they can't process it because the Met's not good. So um I think they're just be they're just, you know, keeping it calm and not not playing it up because they don't want people to get too excited and and it all goes to shit, which I, I appreciate.
2: Very good, right? Panoramic guys. Uh, we spoke about them a couple of weeks ago.
0: Um, we did, mate. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a great announcement when we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. So obviously they've got the Savannah project up in the Kimberley, and what they flagged a couple of weeks ago that they'd had issues at their processing plant. So that's specifically related to the, the filter press pressure plate, and they they put a few photos in it, and there'd been a bit of a crack in it. They tried to weld it up, but they weren't able to come up with a sort of functioning short term solution
2: there. And that was essentially the last stage of the processing plant to filter the concentrate. Yeah, after you're crushing,
0: yeah. grinding, filtering, and all those sort of steps in the like, processing. Yeah. So today's announcement, um, well, touching back on what they'd said a couple of weeks ago, they, they flagged at the upper end that it would take six weeks before that newly ordered piece of equipment will be in, in the Kimberley. But and yeah,
2: four to six for manufacturer and installation.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So today, they've just said they were sort of unsuccessful in trying to put together any additional sort of short-term possible solutions to getting everything up and running again. There, so it's. I think they were trying to refurb the original one again, which is yeah, exactly. going to take
2: two weeks. But they've deemed it unsuccessful.
0: Exactly. So yeah. not entirely unexpected, but nevertheless, it's not not a great announcement on the on the company's part. They also flagged that they've uh, recommenced processing of the stockpiles they've got. And they'll just try and hit the ground running when things are back up and running. The very last line of the announcement stood out. So something we flagged a couple of weeks back is that when the processing plant at a facility like this doesn't work, you don't get, you aren't able to create that paste. You can't really continue operations as normal underground. Obviously your area of expertise, Maddie. So they, what did you sort of take away from that what, and That step in the announcement? Well,
2: I thought like it was a pretty positive thing to come out today that they said that well, I'll go and the, the actual time frame's is pretty positive too. I think like they've said, we we said, look, the mills the mills down, they won't be able to produce tailings, so they won't be able to paste fill underground. But they actually uh, started processing mineralized waste to yep. now create tailings, which was then fed to create the paste fill. So mineralized waste is essentially waste that contains sulfides, so you can't actually put it on the waste dump because of the sulfides, because they can create acid. Needs to yep. be on, um on the, the ore part of the mill, but it hasn't got enough ore in it to process, but they've obviously crushed it up and made paste out of it, so that's good. So they've still been been paste filling, um, and then they've put those, they've got an intermediate filtering solution that they said has worked, so they're now transitioning to high-grade and mix of high-grade and low-grade. Low so, look, that's, that a, good, they that's ha- a good thing. They've got paste going. Um, Time-frame-wise, they, look, they their initial announcement was 14th of June, and they said – four to six weeks for manufacture and
0: installation of that new plate. And they were a bit more specific in today's announcement about when that's going to come. So Well, you'd they said assume first
2: week of July.
0: Yeah, so you'd assume so they've sort of paid up to get that one. I reckon
2: they've expedited, but yep, um, 100%. Yeah, which I'm sure they'll make back in downtime. But look, on the old timeline, it was going to be between 12th and 26th of July, and now they've said it's... Between the 1st and 7th. so But I mean, we'll have
0: to see. That's when they'll get it, if there's a sort of ramp-up period or all if it just hits the ground running. we we'll sort they of They said wait there and was see. a
2: commissioning, but the old announcement said to installation, so it didn't include commissioning. So, And then yeah. there was also another interesting thing, comment, which would be a bit of uh, Underground 101 for people. The, they said they stopped firing stopes underground because, so they said no major stopes have been blasted. Uh, or carried out in the past two weeks to mitigate excessive oxida- oxidation of ore stockpiled on the surface. So, what happens there is because this is a sulfide ore body, like you know a lot of nickels are sulfide, uh, nickel sulfide ore bodies. So, when they bring that to the surface, and especially if it rains, like that ore, if it just sits there, the water promotes oxidation of the sulfides and then that's when they weld back together. So,
1: mm, yeah, maybe up, it's, it's called from 29 metals. Yeah,
2: it's called cooking the ore. So that's, and especially, and same thing happens if you like, because you can't really, you're not supposed to water down significantly sulphide dirt because the water promotes the oxidation if you don't bog it straight away. So that's what happens here as well. So they obviously can't, if you fire it and leave it sit there too long on the ROM and you don't actually crush it and it sits there, it'll end up welding back together. It'll be like a bloody
1: solid rock. So that's what that meant. So
2: hopefully onwards and upwards come first week of July for panoramic. Yep. Absolutely. We, we
1: flagged last time that, you know, we thought they were high risk to need a bit of equity to, to get them over the line. So they haven't they haven't done a raise yet, so you know, hopefully yeah. they get through. And um, I was just wondering if the real technical translation of this announcement is the welding didn't bloody work, Maddie. Welding didn't <laughs> bloody work, and we're reckon, and we're paying a bit extra to get the other one up here quicker.
2: <laughs> they didn't say that. That's speculation, yeah, yeah. but I'd reckon they'd be uh, calling in some favours to expedite the uh, manufacturing of the new one. Oh, uh-huh. I would be. Imagine what one week one week of mill downtime is worth. Yeah. Pay an extra hundred grand for a bloody plate, couldn't you?
1: JD, mining services, mate.
0: Who do it? McMahon. So they actually went into a a pause in trading at 10 a.m. Eastern, so right right at the open, and then a few minutes later, I think 15 minutes later, they came out with a guidance update. Now, it's the 29th of June, so my first thoughts were shit, you know, a guidance update is not going to be good. But lo and behold, it wasn't actually that bad. They just reaffirmed guidance. They gave more specific numbers within the previously announced guidance range that they'd given. They sort of quote saying expecting revenue of one point nine billion, and their EBITDA. So that's not EBITDA without the depreciation will be between one hundred thirteen and one hundred eighteen million dollars. So do you
2: reckon they've done this to curb a bit of the end of tax year selling, like put a little bit of a positive announcement to try and not see the uh, end of financial year sell-off that we usually see for tax losses?
0: Don't mind your theory. Yeah, I, th- I think it's quite good. The, the stock's traded flat for a sort of long time, but they were actually up 20% after yeah. this. So there might have been a few doubts as to how they were going to perform, but they've obviously you know, raised a lot of them. And just geez, it better be the number now yeah, since so-
1: they put it out. <laughs> it's a skinny number, isn't it, JD?
0: Those margins, I mean, we spoke about it when we spoke about the Parenti uh, DDH1 deal, 6% EBITDA margin. These are these are tough businesses. They're Capital big, intensive. Yeah. yeah. By no means a sexy business. They did flag that uh, the fourth quarter would be much better, 7.9% as opposed to the six percent overall. And that was just more a factor of removing zero margin revenue that they'd had at their their big um their big contract up in Indonesia, as well as some operating improvements and just really working on that that cost inflation issues that they've had. So all up, a, a pretty good announcement, and I like the sort of tack of just keeping shareholders in the loop, you know?
2: Big time. Even when it's good. As you said, you don't see many of these, do you?
0: Like both ways. <laughs> shareholders are the owners of the business. Just let so you know,
2: we're, we're still cracking along. I like it.
0: I like it. Benix, Mount Gibson, and the Port of Geraldton. Oh, how do cracking. these tie together?
2: Mm. Wow. There's a bit of a link to a previous episode last week. Yeah, we've spoken about the- I reckon tra- my word on the declines are becoming a bit contagious. Trav is taking them uh, to do, a yeah, next I, level. I'm like just running get- with
1: them. I feel like this, the conspiracy theorist within me is just heightened when Maddie's around. <laughs> yeah, that's that addictive personality. It's like if Maddie's good at something, I want to be better. <laughs> I can spread more rumours. <laughs> So what was what was the announcement here today? Uh, so Fenix, uh, uh, they're an iron ore producer. They've agreed to buy Shine Iron Ore Mine plus two storage sheds at the Geraldton Port and plus some Midwest rail sidings plus extension hill assets from the company Mount Gibson Iron. Uh, they're not paying too much, paying $10 million cash, 60 million shares, which are valued at about 17 million today plus 25 million long dated oppies, JD. So this This company was capped at a,
0: Around about one hundred and fifty from memory, and Mount Gibson capped it. I think five hundred and thirty.
1: Yep. The the rationale, like um, you know, that's put forward, is that Fenix they reckon that with this additional port infrastructure, they can save five bucks per ton from their C one costs. Um, just in relation to the existing production that they're putting out of uh, Iron Ridge, um, their Iron Ridge mine at the moment, and they they also say they're keen to recommission their Shine iron ore mine as their second production asset. Uh, There is a hefty royalty on Shine. It's 20 cents for every dollar above $115 uh, per tonne in the Platts index iron ore price. Plus there's some historic silica content at that asset that gets some penalties on the product as well. Um, But this whole deal, Maddie, the most interesting thing to me, it's not the iron ore play. It's actually the port assets. Yes. Bear with me talking about infrastructure. Oh, oh. Uh, I don't want to lose you. you don't, it's not an infrastructure podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, and you can see in, um, in Mount Gibson's announcement that in order to retain these sheds at the port of Geraldton, you need to, you, need, you actually need a minimum throughput level. And, it, and the way that the Mount Gibson announcement reads is that maybe there were a risk to, to, to lose these sheds, right? Because they weren't going to meet the Minimum throughput level so required. Is this, these sheds released? where they store the con or the crushed or exactly. the export material, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there is usually like some conveyors that will um, take the, the whatever's in the sheds to um, to the berth where they get loaded up. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing is, Fenix they have their own logistics company within Fenix that that does all of that. But Fenix they only had shed thirteen at that port before. Now they get sheds four and five as well. And you can see in the image that they put up there um, in their announcement, fellas, that like those sheds four and five, they they transfer product to birth five for loading. And um, and that image looks super familiar to me because of our conversation that we had with Flano the other week, Delta Lithium. Um, we'll put
0: an image on the YouTube for people sort of wondering what we're talking about as well. You can
1: see it quite clearly oh, there. So that's
2: the same little bend. It's the same four, bend. Yep, yeah, Flano yeah,
1: mentioned Delta. having, I think he had an MOU with the, um, the port authority to try and access berth four as soon as it was available, and this this deal though with Phoenix is in relation to berth five, which is right next door to it. Um, so I I am wondering if um if Delta you know wanted wanted some some hand in this deal as well. I don't don't, don't have any information on that one, but and, like, that, and that'd be for their obviously for their DSO coming
2: out of Mount Ida, which is yeah, the, yeah, the end
1: of this year yeah, yeah. and I'm, I mean the which is, is not
2: yet finalised for the port. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and yeah. I
1: guess the the difference with the DSO is just a temporary thing, right? It's not like you're going to. Whereas, I guess like iron ore, you require the sheds for uh, ages because you're just long life, et cetera. So, uh, but re, you know, regardless, like we can actually see that Fenix plan to deal with producers of other other commodities with in relation to the infrastructure of this this port. Now, they've got one um, paragraph in their statement where they say. Combining all three sheds under the same ownership provides Fenix the additional potential to blend iron ore products at the port, as well as segregate iron ore products from other products such as base metal concentrates, potash, urea, silica sands, and spodumene in brackets, lithium concentrate). So I'm thinking maybe Delta can do a deal with Fenix now to get Are some water Is
2: there a relationship there, Trav, historically? Mount Gibson Flano um, from his Atlas well, it's, days it's at it's all? It's
1: Fenix now. Nah. And Phoenix is run by John Wellborn, ex-Resolute. So I don't know. Everyone knows everyone. So, yeah. yeah.
2: There you go. Nice, Trav. Stay tuned. Oh, geez. We should start having bets on our word on the declines. Which one? Who's going to get the (laughs) first one to come true? (laughs) Oh, God. Which one of mine do you want to pick? (laughs) Right, boys. WAF.
0: West African. West African. Secure the debt funding. Good company.
2: I reckon good bloody good, good operators. Good operators, like a you, you compare it, you'd say the African Capricorn. I'd say they've had uh, good success over there. Yeah, they've had a good run. So but the valuation's very different because it's got the African discount.
0: It sure does. So there's been a bit of an overhang on on the stock for a little while now. So today's announcement that they've secured funding, for Kiaka is actually pretty good news. So they've obviously got the Samborado operation, like you said in in Burkina. This is a pretty strong performing cash generating asset. It's been uh, in production for a few years now. And you then have this Kiaka. So they bought this off B2 Gold not too long ago. It's actually not too far. I think it's 50 odd kilometers from Sembrado, also in Burkina. And this for the company was their sort of growth story. So people had been wondering, like in the share market, investors are always sort of wondering, where's the growth going to come from? And this was it for West African. So
2: they were anticipated to go to about 400,000 ounces a year once Kiaka was up
1: full. Yeah, of that's running, still the plan. Yeah.
0: That's still the plan that Richard Hyde, the CEO, has for the company. So you then get the question marks when you have this new asset, how are you going to fund it? Now, they'd been generating a lot of cash and they'd been pretty adamant that they were going to fund this from cash, cash flows and debt. But there was the sort of question mark that, oh, maybe they need to raise new equity. There were some
1: questions out there. I always found that a bit... A bit strange because you could see how aggressive they were on the, the debt component in funding Sanbrado. So Yeah, roughly, always,
0: roughly 80-20, that
1: one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it always just seemed a bit strange to me that the market would have thought that they would want to introduce equity into yeah, this Yeah,
0: and there's likely a few reasons, not just the one reason why there'd been a bit of an overhang and they'd been trading at a steeper discount, which we'll get into later. But that, I think, was certainly one of them. So these negotiations, they took a bit longer than anticipated to wrap up, actually a bit six months or so longer than anticipated to secure this financing. But I'm in the meantime with the strong performing asset, Sambrado, which is unhedged. So they're getting the the full appreciation of this great gold price at the, at the moment, just really producing a lot of cash. It puts them in a pretty good balance sheet position to negotiate.
2: Not not many people are unhedged, huh? Is it pretty like the they, they'd be on the minority, the fully unhedged gold producers, eh?
0: Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a minority. So to the financing terms now. Financing terms are actually one of the reasons why you see any companies hedged specifically because hey, it's new a requirement producing. by
2: the lender. Yeah.
0: and there's no yeah. mandatory hedging in this uh, in this financing agreement. Actually, so the credit uh, has been approved for US 265 million. Sprott Resources Lending and Corus Bank, which is a local Bikina bank, are the ones who are mandated to arrange and underwrite it. And the company WAF has sort of flagged that the first drawdown will be in the fourth quarter. This year, in sort of two tranches: first US one six five, and then another one hundred. So repayments
1: but will start. The, the second tranche is in the in the local currency as a player. yeah.
0: So yeah. CFA franc. I think it's a sort of West African currency.
1: Yeah, I'm sure
0: edges and whatnot in place so that you're not so. uh, subject to those those fluctuations in the currencies. The repayments are scheduled for starting. Two years after the initial drawdown, which is quite good. You know, they'll take a while to construct the mine, and then late in 2025 is when the repayments start. And by five years after the initial drawdown, the repayments will end. So, the interest rate five point three percent above what the reference they reference give it call it a reference rate. They don't actually say what this not, is, but not so far. I assume, I'd, so, I'd assume far. so far. I'd yeah. assume so far. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a bit strange. I don't. Yeah, they don't call it out is, but. specifically,
0: but you're looking at a bit over 10%. Like I said, no mandatory hedging. And there was one other interesting bit. They said that WAF will also pay 12 dollars per ounce of gold produced from on the first 1.5 million ounces at Kiaka. So, Trav, you dug a bit into what the, the sort of current value of that
1: looks like. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think like... Y- if you just glimpsed at the announcement, you get the impression, oh, okay, their cost of debt is ten to eleven percent, depending on what cipher is. Um, that's the wrong take to have here because the real cost of debt you actually have to include this little mechanism, which is um, it's like a, a basically a royalty for a defined period mm. of, of uh, production. Um, so and what, it, is it
2: about one percent? One percent royalty net? Net?
1: Yeah, not is really? it's like it's yeah, it's on it's on a per ounce basis, right? It's, I worked it out to be worth about um, fifteen million bucks in today's dollars US. So um, mm. you, the way to like think about it though is like um, sp- sp- mate, sp- the devil's always in the detail with Sprott. They always, um, Sprott as a, as a lender, there's always something in there like be it options or warrants or something, you know, there's always a little bit there for Sprott. They, uh, they don't go hungry, those guys. Yeah.
2: So I know, can- You know, an option I learned the other day, they, have you heard of a zippy option? I think they call them zippies. Someone said options at zero dollar exercise price. They're oh, used to yeah. get thrown in. Yeah, Zippos yeah. or Zpo. Yeah, yeah. Zpos. Yeah, zero
1: <laughs> exercise but price option. Yeah, yeah. Zpos. Got a few of them. Give me a few of them. Sounds <laughs> <you're> all right. <laughs> yeah, a perf- or a performance right, I guess so they can be because if they're tied to a, a metric. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Sorry, JJ. Oh, good I'm mate. So I reckon Matt. let's give the uh, the money miners a bit of background on Kiaka. So it's a, it's a low grade no point. Nine grams per ton, low strip ratio, high tonnage, big plant, 8.4 million tonnes per annum, and it's a long life asset. Ooh, so, pre production capex, what they're going to have to spend in the next couple of years, their company has flagged at 430 million US dollars. So, like I said, they've actually started construction. They've put in roughly 30 million US into sort of early work payments that's come from previous cash flows. So, if you just sort of work in the 265 million facility that they now have, yeah, it sort of implies that there'll be US 135 that needs to be sourced from their current cash and their future cash flows. And to that point, the the current cash and gold position is roughly 127 million US. Is that like
2: 430 million bucks for a eight and a bit million ton plant? That's pretty good bang for buck, you'd
0: think? That is good considering capital Nord- intensity. Yep. Well,
2: if you look at what Northern Star was spending one and a half billion to add 15 million ton to their... 14 super pit, yeah. I think. So one and a half. So this is significant. If you go per ton basis, yeah. this is um, pretty good bang for
0: buck. And that's one of the metrics analysts will sort of look at it on. Yeah, so you're dead yeah. right. It's good. And just lastly, on the, on the financing side there, the, the company at these sorts of gold prices will produce roughly 25 million US per quarter. And that can obviously, that's before what the money goes to Kiaka is. So that can be put toward Kiaka. It's a bloody big mill, isn't it?
2: That's bigger than – besides Super Pit and I, I'm, not, I'm sure there's Telfer and all that are pretty – Katie or all that are pretty big, but um, yeah, eight-odd eight million compared or, to – Oh, like, pretty big as well. Yeah, well, Red 5, what, what's that? There's is 5, 4.7. It's going to run at 5.5 and, a half, and in this in is
0: 8. Yeah. So pretty big mill. Big beast, yeah. So I reckon let's get into the, the finance side of things and see what WAF has kind of been trading at because just looking at the share price, you can see they've been trading at a bigger discount – than normal, and like we sort of said at the the top of the segment, it's probably on the back of this financing taking quite a while, they've had a, a couple quarters of lower production at Sombrado, and some sort of question marks about the sort of chunkiness of when tax payments go out. So looking at the the price to NAV net asset value uh, ratio, they're trading at under point five times, and that's going off the couple analyst
1: reports we I, can that's find. Like developer territory, you know, yeah, and they're, is, they're not, they're, yeah,
0: absolutely. So. Like you said, Maddie, they've got that sort of permanent Bikina discount that's always applied to a stock like especially this. Especially
2: when you, yeah, if you go peer to peer against Capricorn and yep. looking at what they produce and the cost and everything, and because Capricorn's at the, it's at the premium, it's absolutely unbelievable side by side.
0: Now both of those companies actually are in a similar sort of stage where they've both got that single asset risk, and both of those companies, Capricorn and WAF, are looking to move beyond that. So they're making big strides here, but it'll be a few years still before they're move beyond that single asset risk and yet to that sort of 400,000 ounce per annum run
1: rate that they're looking to achieve. The so, difference is though, the market almost fully values Capricorn to perfection. You know, they, they, yep. they've traded you know out that one times now, including the mine plan from Mount Gibson, right? So but, but wow, discount, yeah. Yeah,
0: different story. So a couple of things to look out for if you're, if you're sort of long this stock, catalyst that might be coming up specific to the company. Just more consistent performance from Sembrado, which I think they've done a pretty good job at. Smooth construction at Kiaka and just looking for consistency with those tax payments going forward. Exploration success, they've got a few, you know, logs in the fire regarding to exploration and ultimately production in a couple years' time at Kiaka. And
2: probably ramp ramp up as well, you know, 0.9 grams, so low grade. But whereas if, um, as you saw, what happened with Catalyst and and Red Five as well, like their their ramp up with and the grade at the ramp up as well when they're taking the first bit out. That's yeah. where a lot of the problems come in. So it'll be For seeing sure. seeing if they can get that grade through right at the start.
0: Yeah, that's Plus successful trying production
2: to get an eight odd million ton throughput. So it's just going to be a big shot. Agreed,
0: mate. I reckon. Let's wrap up off with a bit of speculation. Oh, hey, eh? good work, boys. So we <laughs> we've had our eye and we have sort of spoken at times about Perseus. Now they obviously had their. Growth story lined up in Sudan,
1: which seventy-five is Ks from the border of Egypt. mate Come seventy-five
0: on. Ks, but still, <laughs> so, so still in Sudan,
1: Egypt, not in Egypt.
0: And that's <laughs> <Minus> really <Sands. laughs> that's really hit the skids lately with the the unfortunate civil war that we've seen in the country there. So Perseus has said that's that's gone on a hold, and they're now looking for for what could be next. And there's been rumors out there. We haven't started these ones that Woff and Perseus could be sort of. Eyeing one another off, one could be eyeing the other off. So, what's have the size? You at- so,
2: Perse- Perseus is a lot bigger, isn't it? Than what? Wow, oh, yeah, A multi-multi
1: asset company. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, it gets more fully valued for its assets as well. And like keep Perseus's like strategy is to pay stuff all for these undeveloped projects, build mines, and then um, you know benefit from that re-rate that happens because they do it on time on yeah. budget cost efficient. God, you look at
2: WAF's share price, like dollar yeah. forty down to about what, eighty cents now? Like it's yeah. just been
1: declining yeah. this year. I, I think that's you know that's why probably, you know, Perseus hasn't paid too much attention to WAF for the longest period of time because they're a producer. So it's not on strategy for them in, in order like in the way that they create value. However, why is now maybe a different period of time to before it's because have lost the growth project. WAF still has a growth project and on a relative trading basis, um, you know, like Persis is actually more fully valued for the cash flow that they're actually putting out there as well. So, it, you know, if they were ever going to do it, 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 it solves um, a problem for them and they'd also, um, and they can do it in, in a creative way. I think that uh, WAF becoming fully funded now with this tech facility gives them a bit more firepower to fend off, um Fend off Perseus if they want to, but as yeah. Perseus got a lot of cash, uh, they produce mm. a lot of cash from though they'd be yeah, able to fund a lot of it cash. With cash pay good Dibby. Them. And they also enhanced their debt facility, so they got you know real firepower to, to launch. Yeah, we've seen
0: a couple opportunistic sort of bids in the, in the metals and mining space of companies sort of on hard times. So, yeah, we'll see how this one goes. All right, good work, boys. Uh, uh, should we, we
2: give a bit of a preview for tomorrow or not?
0: Or yes, a surprise? Yes. I think it's a pretty. We've, got, good a, we've one. got
1: another interview in store for the money miners. You know what, speaking of uh, African gold, it's kind of a good segue because that's where you know the roots of the the, the guests that we're having on really start, um, which we're going to uncover in a in a long form interview with a with a fund now um, that has sort of got a bit of a, a a colourful history in Australia involving some assets that um, Evolution acquired. So. This fund is now pretty active and looking at battery metal stuff. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drop the name of the fund, yeah. but well, not, not, an not an Aussie. i we, we will get an Aussie, an Aussie on the on the on the blower, but um, but yeah, but we'll have we won't have an Aussie main speaker. Good little teaser, hey?
0: Mm. Awesome. Hutteroo, guys. Hutteroo.